Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. Hello, Diana. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. For all of our listeners, uh, Diana is about to tell you the story of her life and um, what she is doing to help other people in this lifetime. And she has a very exciting story. And Diana, you make the ultimate sacrifice as a woman and I'll let you tell our listeners about that, but you also give the most amazing gift and it's the gift of life. Can you share with our listeners what gave you the fire to do this and what is this gift? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it wasn't something I just kind of sought out to do, but um, probably eight years ago, some friends of ours had us for dinner and um, we knew they'd been trying to have a baby for a really long time and they asked if we would consider being an egg donor and by we I mean myself and my husband but really just me <laughs> but he has to be on board too um, and we you know without a doubt we decided well obviously we can help these these people we're gonna help them so we donated I donated <laughs> eggs and um, it worked really well and it worked right away and they have a child so that kind of started everything and I kind of got my foot in the door and into the community and just really loved it um, loved the experience. And then a couple of years later, another friend of mine that I met through my business, um, she was in the same position and also needed an egg donor. And in the Starbucks lineup, we kind of discussed it. <laughs> like, oh, well, I've done it before. I mean, maybe... Good old Starbucks. Maybe we could do good old Starbucks. Get you every time. Um, maybe, you know, maybe, I, you know, I'd be open to it if you... And she was like, oh my goodness, because it's very expensive. Like the whole process is very expensive. And when you're a woman or man and you need an egg donor, it's either you find a friend who will donate or you go to the U S and purchase eggs and they're very expensive. Um, so she was really excited. So we went and did that. And then again, we just very lucky and it worked right away. And now she has twins. Um, so, and it's funny because they all live here in Calgary, like the, wow. all, the, whole, the whole cluster of all the awesome families. So That's we're all so friends, crazy. which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so I had, I knew I had that experience. And then when I was in the clinic with Cammie, the second girl that I helped, and she, they're all very open with it, which is really great because it's such a cool story. And um, we met a girl there who was there with her surrogate. So this girl, Chantel, had, um, had, become very ill after having the birth, after birthing her son and lost her uterus. She's very young. And um, so she has a surrogate and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And they were there together and I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll have to do that. So I had another person that knew that I was considering it and set me up with the couple that I'm currently helping now. So now I'm a surrogate for the second time for the same family. (laughs) And uh, it's been really great. It's been a really cool experience. So yeah. Wow. Okay. So I am. I have a million questions to ask you because let's be honest. As women, 
you know, we, we like our bodies to look a certain mm-hmm. way and, you know, we take pride in how we look. And so there's this, you know, I was even scared as a mom now of two daughters to even have children because I work so hard to be in shape. And I'm like, what is this going to do? Am I going to get stretch marks? And I, am I going to get cellulite? And so, okay, so you, you're thinking in your head, yeah, I think I might want to do this. So how does the conversation go with your husband? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so even touching on what you just said, it's funny because I had my first child when I was 24 and I love fit. Like I, at that time, I was really big into fitness and I still enjoy it. I take care of myself yeah, you and my like body. Yeah, <laughs> um, So I, even back then, it was hard for me to have my own children. And when we thought about having a third child, I was like, oh my body and I'm, you know, in, in great shape again. And so now the fact that I am willingly, like, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm good now. Like, I don't even care. My body just whatever. <laughs> um, but it's interesting to think of that because there was a time in my life where that was really important to me. And now I think just doing this, be, it kind of trumps that, I guess. Oh, it's so weird. It's, just, it's hard to really explain, but I, I am and also was that person. So I get that. So going back to the question of how the conversation came up with my husband, um, I, I wouldn't say he was necessarily on board right away. I think he's really easygoing. He really is a great, he's a saint pretty much. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't super excited about the idea, but you know, I kind of mentioned it to him. Like we have these three awesome kids. And if we were in that position that we wanted a child really badly and couldn't, you know, we would hope that somebody would do that for us. Cause we like being a parent, as you know, is the greatest thing. It's the greatest gift. It, it really is. So, um, he was open to meeting them and it wasn't like I was in search of this couple. I already had them in mind. So I knew I wanted to meet them and, um, I had already met one of them and I was like, can you just come and meet them? And so we went out for drinks and, and I think he got along with them better than I did. Like the conversation was just so great and it was just very easy. And then it was really a no brainer from there. So, and he's been great ever since. Wow. Yeah. And so how, how, what are your, so you have three kids Mm -hmm. and what are their ages and what is their perception or how do they feel about this process? Yeah, we've been really open with the kids through the whole journey, even with the egg donation. And because they all live locally and we still see them all the time, the kids know, um, about the other kids and yeah, they, they know everything. So they're 12, 10 and five, the five-year-old doesn't quite get it yet. He still doesn't even think I have a baby in my belly right now. He's like, no, no, she doesn't. Um, but the older ones, they get it. And my daughter, she's the 10 year old and she's really, um, I have to really remind her sometimes that they're not true siblings. They're yes. I know technically they're half siblings, I guess, if you think of it that way. And she likes to think of it that way, but we have to kind of sometimes have the conversation that they're not really your yes. sisters and brothers. Yeah. But um, recently, the family that has the six-year-old recently told him and we were there. And so now he refers to my kids as his, and he's so happy because he's an oh. only child and he maybe not forever, but he's like, these are my half-brothers and sisters oh and he gosh. loves it. So it's a very interesting situation. <laughs> so, well, it, it is because this isn't, typically how surrogacy and egg donor, like, I mean, right, works. And so I'm so happy that you're sharing this with us because it's almost like the open adoption idea, right? Where you still keep in touch with your biological parent. And so is that a discussion that you had or you and your husband had 
with the the people that you donated eggs to and are have you know bearing the children for that you're gonna have this openness is that a discussion yeah and i think it was a discussion that didn't really need to be discussed because they were friends of ours Uh, so that you're not just going to not be friends with them anymore we played sports with the first couple for 10 years before this came up so we're not going to not and this just brings you even closer so how do you you know stop that relationship so it just kind of grows from there um yeah it's wow and so when you look at their daughter Mm -hmm. what is what what type of feelings do you have it's more like an auntie I guess you'd say like I don't have for any of the the kids I guess um it's never really been like those are my kids it's more like you have a connection with them but I feel like I you know I know my place and I think it's cool to look at them because to see who looks like who and stuff is kind of cool I know um but but yeah it's more like you're like, say, an like more like an aunt yeah and obviously more connected with the baby that I gave birth to as yes. opposed to the others that their moms carried them and such so it is a little bit different with the surrogacy yes. as opposed to the egg donation but yeah. yeah well she is very cute she's pretty cute she's adorable <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. I just I'm just I'm so many things are going through my mind right now I, I just think it's um my husband and I actually discussed surrogacy because I almost died of a pulmonary embolism about eight years ago. And so they told me that um, I had to be on blood thinners from when I said I'm going to try to get pregnant to six or eight weeks post having the baby. Well, that could be 10 months. It could be 12 months. It could be 16 months. And when you have to do injections or when when you're on blood thinners for pregnancy, it has to be injections because there's no safe pill. Uh, that you can take while you're pregnant. And I'm allergic to the base of heparin, which is at, at that time, which was the main you know blood thinner that I'd be using. So it was a really not great experience. And so I said to my husband, I don't think I can do this. I don't think, it's not the injecting part. That was kind of this weird, cool experience, but it was more this reaction that I got. And so I we talked about surrogacy and I, I think it, you know, is a really great option for women who cannot bear, women and men, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, who cannot bear their own children. Um, so what is it like the day that you give birth? Are, I'm, I'm assuming the parents are in the room with you. And what is that whole experience like? <laughs> That's a funny story on its own. So in my case, um, the intended parents are two men. And so we went in and with all three guys. So my husband and the two baby daddies, as I call them. Oh my gosh. And just like they stroll me in on a wheelchair. And I'm like, I didn't know who the father was. I just brought all of them. No, I'm just <laughs> like a mama mia type thing. <laughs> totally. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we all went there together. And uh, when the time was that my water broke, I called them. And they made it to the hospital before we did. But that's of uh, course they did. Of course did. they did. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was really great. We were all in there together. I think they had no idea what to expect and I'm pretty sure I scared them but oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did <laughs> like oh my gosh um but my husband was a trooper and and yeah we, we were all in there together so we had the baby and we had a midwife so we got to go home a couple hours after the oh, baby amazing. was born which was wonderful and I kind of moved into their house which again is not really your typical situation I don't think but given the relationship we have and how great they are, they're like, That's can you come amazing. and stay with us? <laughs> oh my, I love so, this story. Yeah. It keeps getting better. <laughs> so yeah, so I 
I moved in just for like four or five days, I think, and um, helped them feed her um, with milk. And yeah, we got up in the nights and did it just kind of helped them. It was great. And yeah, then I went home and carried about my my life. My family came to visit, like my husband and kids spend a lot of time there as well after she was born. And I think we'll do the same thing this time, I'm assuming. It worked really well. It was a great transition for me, I think, because you never really can... um, prepare yourself for the emotional like you think you're like oh I'm good I can go home I don't it's not my baby it's fine but your body just throws hormones at you that you don't really know that you have and so I think it was a really good transition for me to spend that time with them before I went home and so are you breastfeeding for that four or five days then and then you just wean yourself off are you pumping or I was yeah so I was breastfeeding initially so for the first few days I think I could say it was pretty exclusive until the milk came in and then um then I went home and I would I it's still it's again it's a very unique situation you know when I would go because I went over every day let's be honest I'm bringing you coffee not really (laughs) um but um I would nurse her when I was around and then eventually like after a few weeks that kind of stopped and they were bottle feeding her as well and then they just kind of the transit it transitioned really well it was good it sounds like it well Mm -hmm. and you know knowing them I can they're like just such awesome people yeah like I mean it just sounds like it's a it's such a great fit like you guys are all very blessed to meet each other and have each other in your lives and now is there like um in in Canada is is surrogacy is it like an organization is it is there like a surrogacy place that you go like how does that work this is a really great question because um surrogacy I wouldn't say it's not popular in Canada, but because in Canada it's altruistic and surrogates can't be paid to carry a child, which is different than in the U.S. So in other countries, so a lot of people come to Canada to find a surrogate, Um, either a surrogacy is illegal in their country or whatnot. So there are, and because of the fact that surrogates aren't paid, it's hard to find a surrogate. There's very very few, and a lot of intending parents looking, which is quite sad actually. Um, there are agencies that help match people, but there's also independent Facebook groups and really cool ways to, you know, meet and through word of mouth, but it isn't as easy as you might think it is. I know that the couple that I'm helping, I think it took them eight years to find a surrogate and for, for, to have a baby from start to finish. So it's quite a long process sometimes. Um, yeah, so that's kind of... Yeah, so why like, is that... So that's a government rule that you cannot be paid. That's so interesting that's right. to me. But yeah. You, but, but in, so how does that work with egg donors then in Canada? You, Same. So really? No. I did not know that. Yeah, you can't at all. So when they go to the States, they pay a lot of money. Oh my gosh. But here in Canada, zero. Like all your expenses are covered. So don't get me yes. wrong. You don't go without. That's yes. for sure. Like they take good care of you and make sure that you're eating healthy and of all of course. those things. Um, but you know, there's no gifting and, and, and whatnot. So, Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Well, but to me, and I mean, I'm, uh, well, technically 40, but because of COVID, I'm still 39 (laughs) until COVID's over. Um, but like, I, I mean, to me, like is egg donorship, is that a painful process? Like why wouldn't more women just donate their eggs? If it's not, you know, and I, I agree with you. I don't know why more women don't, and maybe they do. Um, it's not a huge process. It's not difficult. I mean, you do injections for a few weeks and there's some, 
time missed from work and whatnot for ultrasounds and stuff yeah. but it's really like from start to finish like a three week that's it yeah like a maybe yeah two weeks of your cycle and then a week of maybe um healing I guess or oh, recovery wow. and that's kind of about it so for yeah. all you youngins that's out right. there who have really good eggs <laughs> listen up you could be helping that's a right. lot of people out there mm-hmm. I mean we we hear you know that we need more blood donors well I think we need mm-hmm. more egg donors yeah <laughs> absolutely so what advice would you give to someone who cannot bear their own children and why surrogacy is a good option I think for a woman the thought of not being able to have children is just very hard and disheartening I I know even those emotions that I went through like am I going to be able to carry a child I had four miscarriages in one year mm-hmm. we just it didn't stick and for men, this is also a good option these days. So what advice could you give to somebody who cannot bear their own children and why it's a good option? Yeah, I think surrogacy is a really beautiful option and it can be amazing and you can build a really good relationship with another family. I think just finding that right match because I have heard some journeys that didn't go quite as planned and that happens. Um, but it's, uh, it's a really great opportunity to blend kind of people together. So as I'm sitting here, um, and I hope this is not a silly question, I'm, okay, logistically, how does this work? So if you are carrying someone else's child, I'm assuming that it is your own egg that you are using, not someone else's. So can you explain that to us? Sure. So there's two different types of surrogates or carriers. So there's a gestational carrier. That's the most common. I don't know the actual percentages, but I would say 95% of surrogates are gestational carriers. So um, meaning it's not their own egg. The, The surrogate would have no biological relationship to the child. Um, and then the other type of um, carrier would be a traditional carrier, traditional surrogate. So that's where you do use your own egg and, you know, the, the child is genetically related to the father. Wow. Um, so in, my, in our case, I am, we are a traditional surrogacy, a traditional surrogate, I guess. Yes. Um, and it's really cool because they actually had embryos created that they created eight years ago in when they started their journey into surrogacy and when we met and as our relationship developed we decided that we would use my eggs it wasn't unusual to me at the time because I've done the egg donor so I knew that it would be um I think it would be similar I also think it's really neat to you know be carrying a child that is genetically related Mm -hmm. to you it doesn't not not that carrying a child that's not genetically related to you would be like carrying an alien child (laughs) but you know there's some form of connection there which I thought was really neat and they were also happy to have a known donor so the donor that they had originally used was a donor that you know you kind of just pick based on you know the criteria um, so having a known donor and being connected to my family and, and me and, and us was important to them. So we, they kind of forewent, I guess, if wow. that's a word, um, their embryos that they already made to do traditional surrogacy with me. That's, that's amazing. Kind of neat. I'm just kind of laughing to myself because I'm thinking, <laughs> thank God the donor was unknown and then they used you versus yeah, like the donor being known. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to use her, her egg Can instead. I'm really it? sorry about that, but we like her a bit better. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be an interesting conversation be, to have. That Can would you be imagine? really awkward. <laughs> yes. 
Well, yeah. um, again, our listeners, you know, you can't see Diana sitting here, but I can absolutely understand why they would want you oh my to uh, <laughs> to use your eggs because you're absolutely beautiful and and just a lovely human being. So the so you know their daughter has very good genetics. <laughs> So um, tell us, I, you know, there's there's been a lot of buzz in the last, say, five to seven years about the business of making babies. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a movie out there, uh, a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what it's called, but it's basically about the business of making babies. So, um, you know, what is your take on that? Because I know uh, many couples... Uh, close to us acquaintances that have gone through IVF, the cost. And so share with us your thoughts on that. Yeah, it is very expensive. I mean, even in Canada, even though, you know, can't we try to keep the cost low, it's not covered by any um, healthcare or anything like that. There's no private insurance that covers IVF or infertility treatments, which is really quite sad. Um, I mean, I'm sure some medications are covered, but the whole procedure is not. Um, it is a pretty big moneymaker for a lot of businesses there's agencies that charge a fortune which is kind of the funny thing because agencies can be so expensive and the lawyers can charge a lot of money but the surrogates can't be compensated so it's very interesting but yeah it's definitely it's very expensive for the intending parents and it just kind of breaks your heart because that's not that's not practical for a lot of people there's a lot of people that want a child so badly and just don't have that kind of money sitting around what do you do sell your home like yeah. what I, mean, I know people do like they just go they want baby they a want baby a baby so and it's it yeah it can be really hard I'm I'm sure well and then you look at the adoption process mm. and that isn't any it's easier not and, and nope. not it's not like it's more cost effective it's mm-hmm. not like it's the I mean I I even knew a couple many years ago who went through the adoption process waited three years they were to pick up their baby that day and they got a call that morning that the biological mother changed their mind Ugh. and they waited you know years and yes. and then thought right up until the morning and it was just devastating for them oh and goodness. so you know it's um there's so many you know amazing people out there that just want to have a child even if it's not their own uh so again this gift that you're giving it's just it's hard to um you know it's, it's hard for me to fathom because it's such a gift. Now that I'm a parent, yeah. I cannot imagine not having these little people in our lives. I know. And uh, I can't imagine either the, the bond that you have, um, you know, with the, the, the gentleman that you're having your babies mm-hmm. for because it's just, it's such a personal journey. Yeah, no, yeah. it really is. And it's it's been amazing. And I, I only speak from my experience, but... Um, yeah, I think we're we're basically family now. Yeah. It's been like we went to dinner last night at their house and we spent Christmas with them and uh, we spend a lot of time with them. They're wonderful people. We like them as friends. Like yes. even without we just like being around them. So I think if you can find that type of a situation where you genuinely yes. really enjoy each other and like both couples mesh really well, I think it can just be really cool. Well, and, and really how awesome. cool for their little for their little girl mm-hmm. that you'll have that bond with her as her auntie. Yeah. You well, know? it's funny. Last night when we were there, my husband called me mom like four times when she was around. <laughs> just like, did you just call me mom again? <laughs> to her, like, oh, you're playing with mommy's hair. Like, stop it. My own husband. <gasps> wow. <laughs> we're just laughing. It's kind of, because we don't really, it's new to everybody. It's we so don't know. New. I don't really, even one of the guys asked me, what should, what will we call you? Like, Mama D, like auntie, like just Diana. What we found, like I don't actually know. I don't. 
it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's no, there's no rule wants, book there's no for rule. being friends with your surrogate yeah. after yeah, exactly. birth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I do like Auntie D or Mama Aunt D. Mama D. Yeah, yeah Mama, D. Mama D. I like that. But it's just, funny. that's so great that, yeah. you know, she'll still have that female role model in her yeah. life and, and yeah. two very loving dads. I mean, no pressure. No pressure. I have to live up to that. No, yes, no pressure, Diana. <laughs> so tell us about um, what you have vowed to yourself in life. You know what? I just, I really want to live a life of happiness um, and abundance. And, um, you know, I just think the happier you are, the happy, it, happy people are going to come to you and surround you. You know, you're, you're always the average of the five people that you hang out with the most or you spend the most time with. And I love the people that I'm surrounded with. I love my family and I just, I want to live that life. I just, no negative vibes, just all, yeah, yeah. all good things. And I, yeah. I feel that, like I feel your energy when you say that and the love that's in your life and your smile. Okay, so you are having their second baby in, is it January? In January. And so you had a little girl and now you're having a little boy for them. Yes, that's what they tell us. Wow, (laughs) surprise, surprise. (laughs) That, That is like, oh my gosh, it's just very exciting. They're very exciting. So, okay, there's Diana that carries babies for other people. <laughs> and then tell us, what do, what are the other, what are Diana's passions and what does she do outside of carrying babies? Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, well, I am a dental hygienist, okay. so I've been doing that for 16 years and I kind of stepped away from that a little bit a few years ago to start my own business. So I've been just doing that full time um, since since then. I'm a singer in a band. I really enjoy Fun. that part of my life. I miss it right now because there's no events happening <laughs> currently. Um, but yeah, I try to keep really busy. We like to camp and just hang out with my three kids. And it's been really good. That's yeah. great. Well, your your business, I'm guessing, has something to do with hair. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it does. Because <laughs> you have great hair. Well, so do you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so t- what is your business? Tell us so, about it. So um, I'm in the network marketing industry. Okay. So I work with Monate, okay, which is a yes. hair care company yeah. and skincare company. So yes. I've been doing that, yeah, for almost four. It'll be four years by the time this baby's oh, born. Fine. And you know what? Honestly, I think that if I was still in dental hygiene, you know, things just kind of happen for a reason. And I know it's really cliche to kind of say, oh, it's my, because of my business, I can do this kinds of these kinds of things. But honestly, if I was still working full time as a hygienist, I don't think surrogacy would be an option for me. Being a hygienist and being pregnant is pretty much the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I don't have to do that full time and I can focus on my business has kind of allowed me to do other cool things like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's actually a really good point. I, another, you know, benefit to entrepreneurship is mm-hmm. you kind of have your own schedule. Right. And uh, yeah, I never even really thought about that as far as, you know, if you were a surrogate and being an employee and in that type of industry, I think it would be very taxing. It is. And trying to explain to your employer, I'm doing this and I'm also need a little bit of time off work. And it's just very nice to have the flexibility. Yes. You know, yeah. doing what I'm doing. Tell us about um, the charity that you'd like to spotlight, some, something that's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, so um, there's a charity in Calgary called Generations of Hope, um, and it helps to support families that desperately want a child and maybe can't afford to have a child. So they raise money to help um, intending parents do IVF at a lower price or covering costs and whatnot. They do a really big, beautiful gala once a year. And it's, it's really special because the first mother that I donated eggs to is a really big part of organizing that 
big event and I'm really proud of her for doing that like she's mm-hmm. kind of really embraced the the community and it's really it means a lot to her so it means a lot to me yeah, yeah absolutely. it's a really great charity because it is really expensive and you know not a lot of people can can, can do it. it yeah and now obviously we're in a very different environment now when do they usually have their gala I believe it's in May every year I know because I couldn't go last year because I was just about to oh, give yes. birth I was literally a day or two before I was ready to give birth so I wasn't able to go but it's usually in May okay yeah all right yeah all of these galas and charities I know have been put off which is mm-hmm. so it's so disheartening I, I think because these charities are you know more than ever you know needing funding and needing uh, help so hopefully next year may uh, mm-hmm. generations of hope diana thank you so much for being here your willingness to be here i mean it, i i i uh, i know the the fathers of mm-hmm. um uh you know who you are helping out and yeah. so I ran into them the other day. Well, one of them, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if their <laughs> surrogate would be interested. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is right up her alley. <laughs> this is great. He called me and I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, no, 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 I have something exciting to tell you. I was like so <laughs> excited so because it is, like, it is a, you know, it could be a very private mm-hmm. part of your life that you're not willing to share. And so I am just so curious and so interested in the whole process. So the fact that they were willing to introduce us and you were willing to share your journey. I'm just very appreciative of that. And I hope you've given today women that are listening to this some maybe some hope mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe even uh, some women will now consider donating eggs or surrogacy. So mm-hmm. thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy talking about it. And I do think that it's nice to make people a little bit more aware of what's going on or... And good luck in Jan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into The Vow, Voice of Women. We truly hope that you've enjoyed today's speaker. We hope that they've inspired you, made you think outside the box, and given you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.